Okay, is this on? I think it's on. Okay, there we go. All right. Short story bingo episode. Um, I think it's. I think it's twenty two. It's twenty three, bro. Is it twenty three? No, it's twenty two. <laughs> it's twenty two. Episode uh, twenty two. Short story bingo. My name is Nate Chacon the third. This is short story bingo. What we do on this podcast is I either read a short story by myself or with a friend slash guest. And today I do have a guest. It's Patrick. It's, it's Patrick. That's that's my name is Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, today we're gonna read a little bit out of um, again the Mafia Encyclopedia, and we're gonna read today about uh, Lucky uh, Lucky Luciano. I want to give natural big shout outs to the uh, countries that are still tuning in beyond the United States, of course, and in this order. Russian Federation, which I still, I'm, I'm, I don't know if uh, Poppy needs to figure it out. What is that? I don't know. I have no idea. You yeah. saw it. Yeah, it's like USSR. What is it? I don't know. Idea. I it's just called Russia. Same here. UK and Australia. So thank you so much to all of you folks. Yeah, shout out. Also, uh, in the states, beyond Utah, the three states that are listening the most. Uh, per Paw Bean are California, Texas, and Wyoming still. So big ups to Wyoming and Texas for staying oh, in the loop. Yeah, stay in oh, the loop. Man. Give it up, give it up, give it up for them. Anyhow, so um, thank you guys so much for uh, listening to the last episode. We, uh, I, I did a, 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 a lot of uh, insight into that. I went um, a little bit more into what I do normally, and that's just because... I wanted to make sure to give you guys an uh, idea of the analysis of you know those particular characters, i.e. Jesse James, John Wilkes Booth, and Marshall Ray. Um, and I hope you guys appreciated it. I definitely got two emails about it. And so thank you so much for being in tune with that and where you can send your emails to, whether it be questions or new stories to do to shortstorybingo at yahoo.com. I've been doing it at, uh, I've been saying at Gmail, but it's at Yahoo for sure. For damn sure. Pat, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, man, glad to be here. Dude, time coming. so when you were popping into the uh, at my house, oh. you thought that I was here. Yes, uh, I drove up. And what happened? I thought you drove by, and so I get out of my car, go to meet you at your car, and... I wasn't there. Yeah. Because it, was it wasn't me. Some random lady. I probably scared the Jesus out of her. <laughs> Not even the bud Jesus, just the she Jesus out of her. She didn't get out of the car for like five minutes after I'd already Oh so my god, she's like, she's oh my god. Called her, her husband. Well, you know, well, I appreciate the fact that you even had the gusto to get out. And having said that, thank you so much, Pat, Pat for being here up top, game time. Yeah. Um, with that being said, let's do the random Twitter follower shout out and today it goes out to at the real I gotta say the last part A-I-A-V-E-R-Y at the real Avery Avery. I don't know A-I-A-V-E-R-Y A-I-A-V-E-R-Y okay at the real artificial intelligence Avery so that's how, if, you, if, that's easy, if that's easier for you to remember, then so be it. Uh, nonetheless, I uh, certainly appreciate the ride that you guys are uh, going on with me. We're about um, at a point where uh, we're, I, I definitely am ready to like springboard into the new year. But obviously before that, episode 21, Lucky Luciano. 22. 22, 22, 22. But before we got to do that, we got to do the, the intro song. The intro song starts. Now, wait. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. 
Charles Lucky Luciano, without doubt the most important Italian-American gangster this country ever produced, left a far greater impact on the underworld than even the illustrious Al Capone. Which is kind of hard to believe if you're not really like looking into it, I guess. Right. Because I've definitely heard of Al Capone and Lucky Luciano. I have no idea what he did. But do you like? Do you like? Um, uh, do you like equate them in the same? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what Lucky Luciano did. Right. Okay. At all. Okay. But Al Capone. Like everybody knows who that is. Right. Okay. In 1931. Luciano created what can be called the American Mafia by wiping out the last important exponents of the Sicilian-style mafia in this country. 1931. Right. Yeah. A breath ago, dude. And he... So he just said no more of this Italian stuff. Where well, the Italian style, like the like the Italian way, and we're getting to, into okay. more of it. But like, but like the Italian way, like he was like, dude, like we're definitely gonna do so something. He was the front runner for American Mafia. He was the front runner for American Mafia. Yeah. And At the time, which happened to be like the cornerstone, at least for because uh, there always has to be a start for everything, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. In 1931, Luciano created what can be called the American uh, can be called the American Mafia by wiping out the last important um, exponents of the Sicilian Mafia in this country. Together with Meyer Lansky, Luciano was also a founder of the Mafia's hashtag or excuse me quote parent organization, the National Crime Syndicate, a network of multi-ethnic criminal gangs that has ruled organized crime for more than half a century. A criminal cartel which has bled Americans of incalculable billions over the years. Luciano was born Salvatore Lucania L-U-C-A-N Luciano was born Salvatore Luciana Luciana. What is that? L-U-C-A-N-I-A. Luciana. Okay, Luciana. So we're still... Okay. Luciana was born Salvatore Luciana near Palermo. uh, Okay, hold on. Luciana was born Salvatore Luciana near Palermo in Sicily and was brought to this country in 1906. In 1907, he logged his first arrest for shoplifting so one year. Yeah, just like in, just like, dude. But also, like, during that time, like, there's so much shit going on. Like, yeah, if you're and, an immigrant, you're stealing stuff. Also, like, everything, this stuff. Like, yeah. all the things. You don't have money. You just At got all. here from Italy. Dude, your parents got here from Italy. He's still a kid. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, how... That doesn't... So, I guess that doesn't seem, like, weird to me that he yeah, would log... Yeah, it's surprising at all. Right. Everybody's running around. Just doing their... Yeah, yeah, dude. I've watched the newsies. In 1907, he logged... In 1907, he logged his first arrest for shoplifting. During the same year, he started his first racket. What do you think he stole? Dude, he had to have... Like, legit, like... Okay, so, like, 1907, like... Like, for sure, like, oil lamps. Wheelbarrow. I don't know because he was in no he was like I think I feel I feel like it's like New York so like I feel like something something stupid like a fish no could it have been a fish maybe like, like he's in the fish market just running through I'm hungry this Give is the story out of Five Goes West <laughs> <laughs> during the same year he started his first racket for a penny or two a day, Luciano offered younger and smaller Jewish kids his personal protection against beatings on the way to school. Damn. Hey, yo. I'm going to tell you real quick. Now, come on over here real quick. If any fucking dudes, if any of them mess with you, I will beat the shit out of them. As long as you have two pennies. Do you have two pennies? 
probably like, we don't need your protection. Like, well, then give me those fucking two pennies yeah, right now. Give me, give me the fucking two pennies right now. Just started the mafia age, just, whatever. Yeah, just like, just give me the fucking. Just roughing them up. But like, Luciano offered younger and smaller, smaller Jewish kids his personal protection. Against beatings on the way to school. What if they said no? He's probably still whooping their ass. Yeah, dude. Like stealing the pennies anyway. Yeah, dude. Like, okay. That's well, what the mafia did. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, uh, I, I feel like I'm good. I think I, I think I can do it. I, I feel like I can handle myself. <laughs> hey, yo, Mikey, fucking <laughs> fuck him up. Yeah. If they didn't pay, he beat them up. Dude, called it. Dude, called it. <laughs> <laughs> One runtry, uh, one uh, run runty kid kid refused to pay. A thin little youngster from Poland, Meyer Lansky. Mm. Luciano attacked him and was amazed when Lansky gave as good as he got. He got scrappy. Yeah, so like they're fighting, and he's like, "Okay, well, this motherfucker can fight." They became bosom buddies after that, a relationship that would continue long after Luciano was deported back to Italy. By 1916. Luciano was a leading member of the Five Points Gang, and named by police as the prime suspect in a number of murders. His notoriety grew through his teen years, as did his circle of underworld friends. By 1920, four years fucking later, by well, four years later, I mean, this is where the story's going. Right. But like within that time, there's a whole bunch of shit going on, like. Uh, Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky are definitely working together to like continue this gang type of mentality amongst themselves, and they are also employing others to be underneath them. By 1920, Luciano was a power in bootlegging rackets. This was during Prohibition. By Lu- 1920, Luciano was a power in bootlegging rackets in, co- in cooperation with Lansky and his erstwhile partner, Bugsy Siegel. And had become familiar with Joe Adonis, Vito G- uh, Genovese, and most important among Italian gangsters, Frank Costello. Oh, Costello. So basically, like I mean, all jokes aside, Lucky Luciano was definitely making his rounds and doing what he was supposed to within the racket that he was in, in order to make sure that he was going up in the ranks. So he. Yeah, so he kind of went up through the Italian version of the mafia. Well, that's the only that's the only version of the mafia, right? Yeah, but learned their ways and and exceeded and did his own thing on the like, and killed the a lot of people. Time. But yeah. like, I mean, it's not like I mean, definitely not a cool dude. P.S. But yeah, Luciano was amazed by the old line mafiosi who counseled him to stay away from Costello. So just very like attentive, like listened. The dirty Calabrian. But Costello led Luciano astray by ritual mafioso, mafioso standards, by introducing him to other ethnic gangsters like Big Dwell Dwyer and Jews like Arnold Rothstein, Dutch Schultz, and Dandy Phil Castle. Luciano was much impressed by the way Costello bought protection from the city officials and the police which Lansky had already been telling Luciano was the most important ingredient in any big-time criminal setup. Buy the police out, dude. Yeah. You just pay them look the other way. Been doing that for you. Have you ever watched fucking Goodfellas? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have to. Dude. Have you ever seen hot girls get pulled over? No, I need to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen two girls? Wa- I'm not going <laughs> to... Rather than heed the admonitions of mustache Pete's, Luciano believed instead the old line mafiosi were the problem and should be eliminated. Which goes back to the first, uh, for, in the beginning, where it said Luciano created what can be called the American Mafia by wiping out the last important uh, exponents of, ex, uh, exponents of the Sicilian style mafia in this country. So he he had a he. So he knocked him out quick. Yeah, he was like, "I'm no fuck that. It's gonna be we're no. This is how it's happening here." Although he maintained separate ties with Lansky, Luciano by the late 1920s 
had become the chief aide in the largest mafia family in the city, that belonging to Giuseppe, the Joe the Boss, Masseria. And if you look uh, Giuseppe up, uh, Giuseppe Masseria, if you look him up, you can you'll find um, on Google, um, whatever you can look it up, and he was definitely like a big part in that time to create um, that culture. So. It's, it was very important that um, he had, like, got close with him. Luciano, Luciano had nothing but contempt for Joe, the boss's old world ways. With its... Uh, okay, hold on. One, two, three. Luciano had nothing but contempt for Joe, the boss's old world ways. With his mumbo-jumbo of the Sicilian Mafia that stressed respect and honor for the boss and distrust and hatred for all non-Sicilians. So it was still like, psh, 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 you gotta be Sicilian and you're not gonna get made. And that's just how that gang rolled. Is this still the 1920s? Yeah, dude. In Luciano's opinion, Masseria's prejudice against other gangsters, Sicilian as well as non-Sicilian, created an unconscionable obstacle to, to making real profits. Joe the boss passed up extremely lucrative deals by fighting gangsters with whom he could have cooperated for their joint benefit. And Joe the boss was more intent on waging otherwise long forgotten feuds with fellow Sicilians based on which town or village they had come from than he was on taking money. In 1928, the Castellamarisi war erupted between the numerous forces of Joe the Boss and those of a fast-rising mafioso in New York, Salvatore Marazzano. Over the next two years, dozens of gangsters were killed. Luciano avoided the conflict as much as possible and instead cemented relationships with the young, second-line leadership in the Maranzano outfit. Just trying to figure it out. Yeah, but he's still like working his way up the right. up the food chain there. Exactly. He's only like thirty at this point. Right. That's crazy to me. It's nuts that he made it to thirty. Well that plus like thirty years isn't a long time at to all. To get to the second like level of the mafia. At that time. Yeah. Or I I suppose any time, I guess. Yeah. Then the second line can dethrone the... Uh, okay, hold on. It soon became clear that younger mobsters in both camps were waiting for one boss to kill off the other. Then the second line could dethrone the remaining boss. Luciano soon, emer soon emerged as a leader of this clique. Dude, so 30, he's running running the town. Yeah, dude. Like I'm, No, I'm, but also has people believing him in him, like little guys, like like, yeah. dude, like you, this is your joint, like young, old Jewish Italian. Yeah, ball. like this is your joint, and we're yeah. like behind you. The Very war good. moved into 1931, with Maranzano winning, but Masseria was still powerful. Luciano finally felt he could wait no longer without imperiling his supporters in both camps. You guys got to pick a side. Three of his men. And Bugsy Siegel, lent by cooperative Lansky, shot Joe the Boss to death in a Coney Island restaurant. Hey, yo, Joe, hey, hey, hey. Meyer, no, no, I'll take two. You know I don't like gin. You know I don't like gin. <laughs> oh, Meyer's so crazy. Hey, Joe, hey. No, no, yeah, take a seat, take a seat. No, we're, no, we're fine. No, you're fine, too. I got... Actually, Meyer, three of them. You know we all don't like gin. How's the spaghetti? How's the spaghetti? <laughs> and his guns. Yeah, it's like any scene of every, any mafia movie ever made. Right. Luciano had guided him. Luciano got him in there. Luciano had guided him there and stepped into the men's room just before the execution. Oh, my God. Here we go. Actually, okay, hear me out. Three of his men and Bugsy Siegel, lent by cooperative Lansky, shot Joe the Boss to death in a Coney Island restaurant. Luciano had guided him there and stepped into the men's room just before the execution squad marched in. So is he marked? 
Like, was he about yeah. to get killed? Yeah, so so he went in and then went to the Wasn't bathroom. Bugsy's homie? Bugsy's homie. But he, Bugsy didn't die. Joe the Boss died. But I thought Bugsy was the one killing Joe the Boss. Yeah. So, but uh, but Lucky popped out real quick. Yeah. He's like, oh. <laughs> just as it said, there and stepped in, yeah, stepped into the men's room just before the execution squad marched in. Oh! Hey, you guys, I gotta, I gotta take a leak. Soup. My. <laughs> a little tight. <laughs> I, asked for, I asked for a 34, they gave me a fucking 30. My waist. I've been trying to lose weight. I've been trying to lose weight. I'll be honest with you. I've been trying to lose weight for a long time. And every single time I eat pasta, it's just, you know, it gets back to me. And it gets back to my grandma. It gets back to my mom. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to pop out of the bathroom real quick. Two seconds later. Right. The assassinate. (laughs) Yeah. He just... (laughs) The assassination, I love the assassination, made Ma- uh, Maranzano the victor in the Castello, uh, Castellum Castellamarice War. The assassination made Maranzano the victor in the Cal- uh, Maurice War, and in supposed gratitude to Luciano, Maranzano made Luciano the number two man in his new mafia empire. Maranzano proclaimed himself the boss of bosses. Not Luciano, Maranzano. Maranzano proclaimed himself the boss of bosses in New York and set up five crime families underneath him. It seems to me like with the Al Capone story you read and then some of the other mafia stuff, it's always constantly bosses killing bosses even though they're all technically under one boss. Right, so like they're so like they're um, trying to kind of kill each other underneath circumstances that it doesn't get connected back to them. So right. like you're kind of talking within your uh, groups and being like, "Yo, like if he dies, then I'm next, and then you're gonna be next." You know what I'm saying? Like, so if like if you kill him and like don't leave any crazy evidence, then I'm gonna be up, and then you'll be up. Does it make sense? Like it it's Reaganomics. Sense. It's like Reaganomics. Yeah, it makes sense, but at the same time, it's like you. At least I thought before I knew anything about the mafia was like they're all homies. They're not trying. To, they're not trying to kill anybody in their own family. But it's family versus family versus family versus family. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, exactly. All under some random guy. Right. Maranzano proclaimed himself the boss of bosses in New York and set up five crime uh, five crime families underneath him. That was only the beginning of Maranzano's plans. He was determined to become the supreme boss of the entire mafia in the United States. <laughs> to achieve that end, Maranzano compiled a list of two gangsters who had to be eliminated. In Chicago, Al Capone. In New York, Lucky Luciano. Maranzano understood Luciano had his own ambitions and figured to crush him quickly. But Maranzano was not quick enough. Luciano and Lansky learned of Maranzano's plans in advance. Maranzano was going to summon Luciano and Vito Genovese to his office for a conference. He had lined up a murderous Irish gunman, Mad Dog Call, to assassinate the pair either in his office or shortly after they left. Instead, moments before Call arrived to set up the ambush, four of Lansky's gunners, pretending to be government agents, entered Maranzano's office and shot and stabbed him to death. Shot and stabbed? Both of them, dude. Like, you gotta make sure, like... Is he dead? <laughs> I don't know. Stab him a couple times. <laughs> it's a Rick and Morty episode. Just <laughs> <laughs> In a very real sense, Maranzano's death finished the old mafia in the United States. It has long been rumored that Luciano followed up that day with 40 or 60 or 90 other assassinations in an operation given the vivid name of 
the night of the Sicilian Vespers. 40, 60, or 90? Yeah, dude, like, just, like... <laughs> That's a huge... Like, just jump, like, 40 to 90 is 50. In one night. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't a night. It wasn't um, a night. Like, so, so again, so it has long been rumored that Luciano followed up that day with 40 or 60 or 90, which is still... Other assassinations in operation given the vivid... Oh, it is one night. That's like a massacre. Whether it's 40, whether it's 90, that's a ton of people. 40 people, dude? Is a ton. That's, that's a like, ton of people, dude. That's that's like a whole busload of people. Like a full busload. Just gunned down. That's a lot of people. And it could be 90. That's a, <laughs> and Yeah, and it could, and it could be 90. It could be two buses. Like, and the bus drivers, like, he's trying to get there. He's like, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> it's to the right. We just saw the other one. It's to the right. It has long been rumored that Luciano followed up that day with 40 or 60 or, or 90 other assassinations in operation given vi the vivid name of the Night of the Sicilian Vespers. But this was utter nonsense. No list of victims was ever compiled, and actually, no deluge of killings was necessary. During the late 1920s, many of the old-timers had either died naturally or been assassinated by young Turks of the same persuasion as Luciano. And since about half of all mafia strength was centered in the New York, New Jersey area, the key killings to oust the old line were simply those of Joe the Boss and... Maranzano. The remnants of the old mafia were incorporated in a new national crime syndicate, a more open society that combined all the ethnic elements of organized crime. The new syndicate included such important mobsters amongst its governing directors. Amongst its governing directors. Yeah, dude, it's organized like hell. Organized crime. Yeah. No, you're right. No, you're right. Like, it's super organized. Yeah. Like, these guys fucking are, like, in tune for sure with what they're doing. But also, they're, like, making new steps and bounds because they're this new generation of American Italians. Right. Doing shit their own way. Right. Killing 90 people. Oh, my God. One night. Oh, my God. But that wasn't true. After yeah, it, I, but because <laughs> it could be thirty-five, it right? Be, yeah. <laughs> the remnants, the remnants of the old mafia were incorporated in a new national crime syndicate, a more open society that combined all the ethnic elements of organized crime. The new syndicate included such important mobsters such as its governing directors as Lansky, Meyer Lansky, Joe Adonis, Dutch Schultz, Louis Lepke. And Lepke is L-E-P-K-E, if you want to look it up. And Frank Costello. There is no way the organization could have been mafia-dominated. It is actually possible that Jewish gangsters may have outnumbered the Italians. I didn't even know there was Jewish gangsters. Yeah, dude, for sure. That's yeah. crazy. And we'll go into that like in, in a different episode, but for sure, Jewish, yeah. Well, that whole, like, there's so much history... Um, on the coastal line um, of the east, right? right? Because, like, so much shit, I mean, has happened. So, like, for sure that's happened. The boss of bosses position was eliminated in the syndicate. Although, in fact, Luciano became the boss and everything, but name, but name, excuse me, okay. So the boss of bosses position was eliminated in the syndicate. Although, in fact, Luciano became the boss in everything but name in the mafia division. Luciano's original idea was to drop the whole mafia setup, but Lansky prevailed upon him to keep it, as much to keep the peace as to recognize the substantial Italian subculture and crime. Dude, lucky Luciano was like, bro, yeah. let's just do our whole, let's just, let's just rehaul the whole shit. Meyer Lansky's like, but like, no, nah, man, like we should like for sure keep to, to keep the script. Rick, do you got my back? Rick, do you got my back on this? No, seriously, Rick. Like, like he's like, I don't want them to know my name. Like, they don't need to know I'm the boss. Like, <laughs> let's, just, let's just reorganize everything. Luciano agreed, 
and in time discovered that maintaining an American brand mafia gave him a power base that protected him from any wars among any other ethnic elements. Yeah, he didn't have to pull the trigger anymore. At all. He was that dude now. Just snapped his fingers. Exactly. The Godfather. Yes. Similarly, Lansky could not be seriously threatened by Jewish or other mobsters because they knew he had mafia troops he could call on. The syndicate moved on to control bootlegging, prostitution, narcotics, gambling, loan sharking, and labor rackets. They just got it all covered. Independent gangsters could have, could have the rest, which in profit meant practically nothing. Luciano was now at the top, a dandy dresser and well-known sport on Broadway. He looked menacing, however, thanks to a famous scarring he received in 1929 when knife-wielding kidnappers severed the muscles in his right cheek, leaving him with an evil droop in his right eye. Look up, his, uh, look up Lucky Luciano on Google and look at, his, uh, look at his eye. Like, it definitely droops. And also, you can tell that he definitely has been... He's gone... Yeah, dude. That's yeah, no. Crazy. Look. Friggin' lazy eye. Yeah. We're looking at it right now. And, like, you can obviously tell that he's, like, been in some shit. But pretty enough to still be, like, the guy. Like, he's definitely, yeah. you know... He's the Dom, bro. Yeah. I mean, you look at him and be like, yo, he's, like, respectable. Yeah. He looks like a normal... Well, not normal, but... He looks like an everyday, you know, type of citizen guy. Right. Just getting the paper. Just doing it. Through the years, Luciano told many stories of the incident. He once claimed he was kidnapped by drug smugglers who, eager to hijack it, wanted intelligence about a big shipment that was coming in. So he's just lying about his scars. <laughs> like, he's just like... He just slipped in bed one yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my eye! <laughs> bedpost. Or he was kidnapped by a policeman and his sons because he had never taken. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a Wait, second. Hold on. Stories. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he told. <laughs> he told multiple stories. Hold it on. Is definitely something ridiculous. Yeah. He once claimed he was kidnapped by drug smuggler, smugglers who, eager to hijack it, wanted intelligence about a big shipment that was coming coming in. Or he was nabbed by rival gangsters, including Maranzano himself, and road cops who tortured him to get information. Or he was kidnapped by a policeman and his sons because he had taken advantage of the cop's daughter. What? Whatever this dude had this bag of tricks this, yeah. when people asked him what's wrong with his eye. Just couldn't say like it's fucking dude. I I got. St- Okay. Well, like I mean, cataracts, bro. Also, but yeah, but also go fuck yourself because what are you gonna say about my eye, bro? I'll fucking murder you. Like I have so many. But like, like, hey, what happened to your eye? Oh my god, dude. Like, okay, so funny story. Because one, two. Do you have Do you have a minute? Do you have a minute? Or do you have like ten minutes? Because it's more ten minutes. So when I was ten, funny story. My mom, you remember? Mom? No, you. She Maria? was. Yeah, she was here. I jumped over our bunk bed. We still don't have, we had bunk, we don't have bunk beds now, but we had bunk beds. So I jumped over the bunk bed. So he's just making over. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Just told a new story. Or he was kidnapped by a policeman and his sons because he had taken advantage of the cop's daughter. Whatever the tale, he had survived a ride. Nothing, something few gangsters had. There was a great popularization of his name of Lucky. Well, Lucky's... I mean, that's a cool nickname, dude. Lucky Strike. Lucky Strikes are uh, pretty intense, P.S. Like... Yeah. Have you had a Lucky Strike? Uh, It's been years, but... Like, how many years? Uh, Uh, Here goes the pop. Six years. Yeah, those are too too much to handle. But back then, they were... I mean, they were the thing. Whatever the tale, he has survived a ride, something few gangsters had. There was a great popularization of his nickname of Lucky. Naturally, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool nickname. Yeah. In 1936, Luciano's doom year... Luci- oh, hold on. In 1936, Luciano's doom year as a free power in the American underworld, special prosecutor, 
Thomas E. Dewey convicted him on compulsory prostitution charges. The underworld insisted it was a bad rap. Would they think it was a good rap? Like, they were like, oh, yeah, well. Yeah, he uh, definitely did it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to say. No. Like, oh, especially yeah, that guy? <laughs> oh, oh, Lucky? <laughs> oh, for sure he did it, yeah. With his goons at the end of his yeah. fucking, like, the, like that, like, Looney Tunes, like, yeah, the I'll get you, <laughs> get you. The underworld insisted it was a bad rap, claiming Dewey framed the case with perjured testimony of pimps and whores who would say nothing to avoid going to jail themselves. The conviction, from Luciano's viewpoint, was somewhat ironic. In 1936, Dewey was making life miserable for Dutch Schultz and his operations. The Dutch, the Dutchman went before a board meeting of the syndicate calling for Dewey's execution. Luciano opposed the insane idea, which would obviously only produce more heat. When the adamant Schultz stormed out, saying he would go ahead on his own, Luciano obtained a contract on Schultz. Yeah. It was carried out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, we gotta kill Definitely. that dude. He's gotta be dead. Shit, shit about me. <laughs> He's definitely dead. Luciano. Dewey's benefactor got 30 to 50 years on the prostitution charge. Whew. Not even Lu- Yeah, dude. Dang. Yeah. 1936, 30 to 50 years. They're not even having that out nowadays. No, dude. Far tougher than any other such sentence in legal history. That wait, what? Read that again. So Lucky Luciano got this charge. Conviction. Yeah. Luciano, Dewey's benefactor. Okay, let's go back a little bit. Okay, here we go. The conv- So don't... The conviction, from Luciano's viewpoint, was somewhat ironic. In 1936, Dewey was making life miserable for Dutch Schultz and his operations. The Dutchman went before a board meeting of the syndicate calling for Dewey's execution. Luciano opposed the insane idea, which would obviously only produce more heat. When the adamant Schultz stormed out, saying he would go ahead on his own, Luciano obtained a contract on Schultz. It was carried out. Luciano, Dewey's benefactor, got 30 to 50 years on the prostitution charge, far tougher than any other such sentence in legal history. And I looked that up, and it's still the same. Nevertheless, he continued to maintain active leadership of the syndicate from behind bars. In 1946, 10 years later, Luciano was paroled for what was described by Governor Dewey as his wartime services to the country. So he did 10 years. Yeah. Out of 50. Yeah. For prostitution. Right. It was evident that Luciano did on the new... uh, It was evident... That Luciano did order. Uh, it was evident that Luciano did order the mob to help in tightening wartime security on the New York docks. Additional later claims that Luciano was instrumental in enlisting the mafia in Sicily. Uh, additional later claims that Luciano was instrumental in enlisting the mafia in Sicily to aid the Allied invasion on the island are more debatable. And the invasion they're talking about is in World War Two. So to even think that Lucky Luciano had, um, I mean, all jokes aside, to even think, because I barely read that, to even think that he might have had some clout in that. From behind bars? For Italy, which was an ally of ours. Right. And he was an American. Like, he definitely, like, wanted to be American and like shove out old Italy in America it kind of speaks it might speak volumes about his loyalty to his soil I guess a little bit and in both um, aspects in America and Italy if that's what happened right that's a pretty crazy fact right you I would have never thought neither yeah me either when he was released in 1946, so it was 15 years later. No, it's 10, right? Um, he was convicted in 36. 36. 46, okay. When he was released in 1946, Luciano was deported to Italy. Pop out, bro. 
He sneaked back to Cuba later that year to run the American syndicate from that offshore, uh, offshore island. From Cuba, Luciano approved the execution of Bugsy Siegel for looting the syndicate's money and building the Flamingo Hotel in Vegas. But government agents soon discovered Luciano's presence in Cuba. Hold on a second. That's... So Bugsy's his boy from back in the day. And just approved. Dude, that's such a riley ass. Like it's like even when I was reading about Al Capone, like like it's like it's so intriguing because like you I, I don't know, I watch Goodfellas and I love Goodfellas, so like you know, you're like, uh, uh like when you watch like this the first scene and you uh if you have like I don't know, like me, I'm kind of fucked up, but like you have that idea that you want to be part of a gang or a unit or something. I've had that since I was little, but like it's a bit much, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a bit much to kind of take in, I guess. Yeah. And for him to, it seems regular actually to take out Bugsy Siegel because he was taking he's money. Skimming money off yeah. Of so he's like, so it's like casino. It's like casino. Yeah. So, you gotta die now cause someone else is gonna take his place you know what I'm saying like someone else is gonna take Bugsy Siegel's place like there's so many hungry people the uh, hungry dudes that are underneath him like I'll fucking kill as much as Bugsy Siegel and more well not even that like he got deported to Italy got back to Cuba meanwhile he's still on top still on top still still running it still just oh Bugsy I know that guy kill him like oh he's taking our money Hey, yo, Bugsy. Hey, yo, Bugsy. Hey, yo, Bugsy. (laughs) When he was released in 1946, Luciano was deported to Italy. He sneaked back to Cuba later that year to run the American syndicate from that offshore island. Excuse me. From Cuba, Luciano approved the execution of Bugsy Siegel for looting the syndicate's money in building the Flamingo Hotel in Las Vegas. But government agents soon discovered Luciano's presence in Cuba and he was forced to return to Italy where he continued to issue orders to the states and got his monthly cut of syndicate revenues delivered by special couriers including Virginia Hill. With the assassination of Albert Anastasia, 1957, and the forced retirement of Frank Costello shortly thereafter. Very important to look up Frank Costello. We're going to do Frank Costello as well. Luciano's influence started to wane. Vito Genovese even plotted to have him assassinated, but Luciano was still powerful enough to form a plot with Lansky, Costello, and Carlo Gambino by which Genovese was delivered into the hands of the U.S. narcotics agents in a rigged drug deal. Those are all the heavy hitters. Too. Oh, my God. So he's like, dude. Oh, my God. Okay. Near the end of his life relations between Luciano and Lansky started to sour. Naturally, I feel like that's kind of a, a power balance. I feel like that's like. Yeah. You're dying. Yeah, balance. you're dying. You're Yeah. Like, Lansky's like, you're he's dying. Like number two since day one. But also, like, carrying out yeah. so many missions. Ish. I don't know how to say that. Is it mission or whatever? Operation. I, I don't know. I mean, killings. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I duties, know. I guess. Right? Yeah. Near the end of his life, uh, near the end of his life, relations between Luciano and Lasky started to sour. Luciano felt he was not getting a fair cut of mob income. Having suffered a number of heart attacks was in no shape to mount a serious protest. He's just like, hey, you know, uh, I've been hanging around with you for 40 years, and uh, I just, i always been the second guy. I, I, I want to be on the top. I just want to be the top guy. I just. And I know that, I know that y'all can't handle it. <laughs> can't it. Go ahead and say it. Say y'all can't handle it. Also, my old. I'm gonna take a shit. I got. I, 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 
gradually he began to reveal to journalists his version of many of the past criminal events in the United States and obviously some of his revelations were self-serving and we're talking about Meyer Lansky at this point. In 1962 I'm going to say he died of a heart attack but it's Lucky Luciano. In 1962 he died of a heart attack at the Naples airport. At the airport? Where are we going? At the uh, hold on. Only after his death was uh, after only after only only after his death was Luciano. Oh wait, Meyer Lansky died, not Lucky Luciano. He had a heart attack. Watch. Let's run that whole thing back. Here we go. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it without without any interruptions. All right. This is no interruption time. Near the end of his life, relations between Luciano and Lansky started to sour. Luciano felt he was not getting a fair cut of mom income, but having suffered a number of heart attacks was in no shape to mount a serious protest. Gradually, he began to reveal to journalists his version of many of the past criminal events in the United States, and obviously, some of his revelations were self-serving. In 1962, he died of a heart attack at the Naples airport. Only after his death was Lucky Luciano allowed to come back to the United States, the country he considered his only true home. Okay, so it was like okay, it was Lucky Luciano that died. No. Yes. Watch, because I just read this second, uh, the next line. Only after his death was Lucky Luciano allowed to come back to the United States, the country he considered his only true home. Uh, He was was allowed burial in St. John's Cemetery in New York City. Okay. And that's that. So Lansky was snitching. Yeah. Talking to the press. Yeah. Self-serving, as as the book said. Yeah. And then Lucky just died in the airport. Yeah. Shit. Dude, how did he? But like, how did he die at the airport? What did it had to be like something? Uh, and I don't have, you know. I mean, we fact check, but not right now. Like, it's fucking something that I want uh, you guys to take a look at and 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 uh, divulge into, as it were. But like, I just think that he was over it. I feel like he definitely had to be over it after killing so many people, forty or sixty or ninety. <laughs> Just the one day, he got over it. He he was ready to be done. I don't know. I don't know if he was ready to be done so much well, as I don't know about, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, that's that's. Uh, I guess that's what goes to what you were saying about research of it. Yeah, I think I don't know. That's why I like I like the show. I like the podcast is because especially this mafia couple episodes we've done or you've done. And, yeah. Uh, makes you want to research it more makes you want to learn about Lansky and Bugsy and all these old folks that it's really not that long ago you know? at all dude there's super blinks in history like for sure and they made um, like a culture that it like doesn't really go away that very yeah, easily I mean, it shaped America it really right. did right prohibition NASCAR no, <laughs> 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 fucking popcorn, fucking <laughs> pop tarts, fucking. I mean, it definitely. No, I feel you though. So, like, like that's what I'm saying is that it's it, it's uh it's one of those things where you like think about how much. While reading this again, this is the Mafia Encyclopedia that I'm reading from. This is the third time that I'm reading from it, and it's going to be fucking. I'm going to read from it a ton more times, but um, it's a book that I got when I was 12 years old, and I like actively researched into it and became engulfed because of how much information was in it and how like that spoke to me it's interesting it's intriguing dude it's... like that, and that's why short story bingo was so fun thank you guys so much for being a part of it uh, you guys are just enjoying the same journey that I am on this is like audible sorta we're just reading we're just we're, we're just reading sorta yeah we're just reading um, I'm just re- I'm uh Reading the book is an audio uh, book and then having commentary with it. So I thank you guys so much for being a part of it. Pat, thank you so much, man. Episode 22. That's it, man. Deuce, deuce. Uh, well, I mean, two shits. And <laughs> Lucky Luciano is on it. 
And so usually we just end it um, with the uh, dun and that's probably what we're gonna do. But I don't know. There should be a song after. What should, what kind of song? There should be like a and I like it should be like a Tony Bennett song. I don't know something, but if uh, nothing else, short story bingo dot, uh, dot podbean dot com. Um, on there, I have links to um, iTunes. Please rate and subscribe, and just please leave a comment. Please, it takes two, it takes two seconds, people. I got and it phone. helps. You hit subscribe, and stars pop up. And it really helps. It really helps the algorithms. I, um, I'm very appreciative of uh, the fees that we're already getting and the hits that we're already getting. Um, if you could just please just give us a, a five-star review on there, that would be wonderful. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell one friend. Tell two friends. And uh, ask them to tell one friend. So tell two friends and ask those two friends to tell one friend. And we'll make this uh, we'll make this um, this podcast one of the best in Salt Lake City. This is Short Story Bingo, episode 22. Rate and subscribe us on YouTube. Uh, excuse me, on iTunes. <laughs> on uh, um Google Play, just listen to us. Uh, Player FM, Overcast, I uh, Tune In Radio, all the things. Whatever you got. Yeah, whatever, whatever He's you're using. Overcast. Yeah, whatever you're using as uh, your uh, podcast platform. I have it on Short Story Bingo dot dot com, which is P O D B E A N dot com. My name is Nate Jacone. Thank you so much for riding with me, man. dude. It was cool been fun has it been yeah it's been a blast dude we're gonna have pat back we're gonna have pat back yeah for sure i'd be glad what was the other story we're supposed to do uh hp lovecraft horror story okay we'll we'll get one of those in there next little while hp lovecraft first off love the name yeah it's mysterious and also super fucking like attractive. Like it's like, yeah, uh, yeah I'll have a gin and tonic. Uh, can I use your name? Yeah, no, your name's. Oh uh, yeah, H P. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Lovecraft. H P. Lovecraft. I'm sorry. Did you say Lovecraft? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, episode twenty-two. That's it. We're done. Dun, dun, dun. Spare fingers. Yes.